0: It's important to write what you know. The films we are discussing today take this one step further, elevating as its heroes the backbone of society, the convenience store clerk. They sell us our food and drinks, they allow us to indulge our vices like lottery and cigarettes, and they have their own lives and stories that rival our own. Join us as we explore these epic tales through song and dance, philosophies and monologues, and note the start of two creative's illustrious careers. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Crossroads Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. And I'm your other host, Ryan. And today we will be discussing the 1994 classic, Clerks, and the 2021 soon to be classic, (laughs) In the Heights. want to start with clerks
0: yeah let's uh start with clerks
1: so clerks was written and directed by kevin smith in 1994 it's about a day in the life of two convenience store workers dante and randall as they just go through their day talking to customers and living their lives
0: yes this uh this is a movie that's made for basically no money shot in like two locations, well, a couple more, uh, and like the cheapest camera they could find and just people they found off the street, basically, who could memorize some lines.
1: Yeah, uh, and... Kevin Smith actually worked at the convenience store they filmed at. They would shoot nights after his shift.
0: Yeah. So it it's very much right what you know, and this is the place that he basically spent all of his time. Uh, and despite the fact that it's basically just... The lowest of low productions. It's really charming.
1: Yeah, it's really well written. These characters feel real. And I think one of them was even based on Kevin Smith himself. Not uh, Silent Bob. But Randall. Yes. And yeah, this movie, it's a cult classic in a lot of circles. And yeah, I, I watched it for the first time. I want to say in like middle school, high school. And I liked it, but I didn't really get it but revisiting revisiting it now after working retail for about 12 years this movie really brings back some some memories of customers I do not uh, <laughs> it's yeah. it's painfully realistic.
0: yes and you could tell that there were some moments that that he put in there like I can't wait don't get this into a screenplay. Oh yeah then
1: a, a lot of these scenes feel very genuine like, they actually happened to him and i wouldn't be surprised if he touched it up a little bit but yeah everything seems very realistic and definitely possible
0: there's that bit where the dumb questions they get and it's the same three people asking just insanely stupid questions Mm
1: -hmm. that happens a lot and the egg pickers the milk ladies (laughs) i i worked at a major grocery store so i saw every
0: yeah, I'd forgotten about a lot of that. The guy who's just trying to find the perfect set of eggs, just
1: mm-hmm.
0: like just mix and match. If you're that desperate,
1: that's what he was doing.
0: Yeah, it's just he just completely loses his mind. Or uh, the woman, the milkmaid, who is actually Kevin Smith's mother, mm-hmm. is just trying to find some magical gallon of milk. I don't understand.
1: She's looking for the one with the longest expiration date.
0: Yeah, or the uh, the guy who gets the Pringles can stuck on his arm.
1: oh yes (laughs) and who could forget his best friend randall
0: yeah oh man randall is
1: he's the life of this movie yes our main character dante he's kind of a somber dude he Mm -hmm. hates his life he just wakes up goes to work he's not even supposed to be there on the day that this film takes place he gets called in and he can't say no and his buddy Randall is just like, screw it. Why don't you just quit? You don't need this job, man. Very easygoing. He, yeah. He's the comic relief.
0: Yes. And I think just in terms of discussion, we'll kind of be assuming that the other movies in the series don't really exist, except maybe Clerks 2. But within this world, Randall is a, a god in his own mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's a massive slacker. He barely does his job. How he avoids getting fired is beyond me. But it was
1: the 90s. They didn't have security cams back then. Not to the extent that they do yeah, now. Yeah.
0: And he's just he gets all the best lines, which mm-hmm. helps and his for a non-actor, Jeff Anderson gives a pretty solid performance.
1: Has he done anything besides The Clerk's movies?
0: Uh apparently he, you know, comes in and does some stuff here and there every once in a while he does some acting, but for the most part he I don't know what he does for his I think he like owns a roofing company or something. Like very non glamorous, but uh, well, he's, he's in one of the most beloved films of all time. You know, that's kind of hitting a home run. You know, you yeah. make you make a dozen movies in your life, and one of them is still talked about forever. And he's actually in a bunch of Kevin Smith movies, so I really yes, yeah, they that.
1: must be friends in real life
0: <laughs> oh, if you look are. at his
1: if you look at his filmography, it's all Kevin Smith stuff. Yeah,
0: they absolutely are. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, he apparently would rather be just, you know, living his life kind of low-key. Apparently, he house-sits for Kevin Smith all the time, which is cool. That's awesome. Good for him. And yeah, and just, you know, seems very happy, which is
1: awesome. Yeah, he's probably getting those royalty checks up here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, it's very basic. There's not a whole lot of plot. It's a character study. Kevin Smith made it while in, I think, college, maybe in between semesters.
0: Um, and he, shot little, he a, actually dropped out like he went to a semester of film school dropped out was miserable just i'm gonna make a movie so he maxed out his credit cards and <laughs> borrowed some uh some money from his parents and made a movie and it became it's, a hit
1: yeah it skyrocketed him skyrocketed him into the limelight because after this yeah. he did dogma chasing amy yeah james on bob Mallrats, a bunch of um cult classics
0: yeah he's still you know continuing on he's more directing television these days but he seems to be really enjoying it he does a lot of of superhero stuff stuff
1: now which he actually some trivia i read while doing research for this he sold off a majority of his comic book collection to fund this film and uh, he has since bought 90 percent of it back
0: yeah which you know for someone like him who makes all those comic book references, that's got to be kind of heartbreaking. But I mean, he got his movie made, and he's had a a varied but very steady career since.
1: Yeah, he quadrupled his budget. The yeah. budget was about 27000 and it grossed, in the USA alone, $3 million. Yeah. So, good and for
0: him. It connected with the film Intelligentsia. I think Shooting black and white single-location movies is definitely a <laughs> fast pass to that. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he's... He's probably more well known as a personality these days. He does podcasts. He interviews people. He, he's you know his voice is super recognizable because yes. he just kind of destroyed all the pot he smokes. <laughs> but uh, he also lost a ton of. Like, he's not huge in this movie. He's played Simon Bob. He's not enormous, but he got big, and then now yeah. he's very very skinny.
1: He had a massive heart attack, and the doctors told him if he didn't lose weight, he would die. So he just went to the gym and couldn't stop. Yep. His,
0: uh, his daughter is vegan, which I think helped him become vegan. And now he is just like, very, he looks way younger than he used to because he's just in great shape. and He looks very happy and he's working. And so like, good for him. Yeah. Say what you will about Kevin
1: Smith. I've always liked <laughs> him. His movies are very hit and miss, but yeah, I, I, think... I don't think I dislike any of his movies. But there are some that I just don't care for
0: yeah his horror stuff is not good i disagree uh, <laughs> i love tusk and i love red state uh oh man what's the one that there's oh yoga, um, yoga hosers is, that one's uh, not good
1: all right that says one movie i will say I
0: don't <laughs> like. tusk is ridiculous
1: tusk is great uh
0: i do really kind of um i, I, I just respect the guy like the guy just gets stuff done mm-hmm. and you know finds his own way and that's pretty commendable but we're kind of avoiding talking about the movie a because it's a classic and if you care about it you've seen it already pretty yeah. much and yeah. b there's not really a plot and also i found in this viewing that i don't like most of the characters <laughs> yeah.
1: the, that's the, the point though you don't they don't want you to like the characters they want you to kind of realize that they're kind of like an everyday person. There's nothing special about them. They hate their jobs. They hate the people yeah. they interact with. And even the customers who are... who Where the audience is supposed to like kind of relate to. Like, oh, are we that annoying when we go to the store? <laughs> kind of like that. So yeah. you're supposed to kind of relate to every character and hate every character.
0: Yes. And it doesn't help that Dante is just being a jackass throughout the entire movie. <laughs> He's... He's um, complaining about how his ex-girlfriend cheated on him, and then he's going to cheat on his current girlfriend with his ex-girlfriend, and then... just like His life's a mess, and he does it to himself. Yes, exactly. And the character I think I liked the most this time around was Veronica, even though I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be unlikable, too. And it's like, well, she's the one who's making sense. Yeah,
1: they're all young, they're all selfish, they all have their own goals. Yes. And I kind of relate to Dante because, you know, he gets called in and it just happens to be one of the worst days of his life. So yes. that that's happened to everyone. Get called in the oh, work. You, you can't say no. And it, it, just, it just becomes a bad day. Yes.
0: And that, the whole... The movie does a lot to break up the monotony of always being in one space. You keep moving between it and the video store. There's Mm -hmm. some comedy over there. They go on the roof and play hockey for a while. They run around and have a couple other adventures. And it it helps break the story up, which is nice.
1: Yeah. It's one location, but it doesn't feel that way.
0: Yes. And it helps that it's used in a pretty creative way, considering it must not have been a very big space.
1: Yeah, if any, if it's like any other convenience stores here in Buffalo, I can't picture it being much bigger than the twenty four hours store.
0: Yeah, and that you could probably. It's a decent size. Yeah, but you couldn't fit a full film crew in there. They no, just had no. a camera and maybe some mic equipment.
1: That's what it looks like. There's yeah. the lighting looks very
0: fleshed out. Yeah, which one of the reasons why it's probably shot in black and white. Oh yeah. Although it's also cheaper to buy a black and white camera.
1: Do you think the black and white really adds anything to the movie or is it just because budgetary? I think
0: it's budgetary. It doesn't really make that much of a difference, although it would make it easier to to get away with the fact that they clearly shot this in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah, that's Um, what I was thinking, too, because you can't tell it's nighttime with these shots.
0: No, they they avoid shooting out the window as much as possible. Mm -hmm. The the. In the story, the actual... The shutters are closed. The shutters are closed. closed. Broken. I mean, yeah, they say closed. And that helps conceal the fact that it is also, mm-hmm. you know, the middle of the night. They're shooting this at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Which is why everyone just seems so weird, I yeah. think. It adds kind of a sense of surrealism. Yes. Oh, absolutely. This was written probably watching a lot of Richard Linklater movies, oh, <laughs> a lot yeah. of... Uh, A lot of Woody Allen movies. For sure. Probably some Jim Jarmusch. Oh, very dialogue heavy. And also very very weird, slightly stilted, slightly surreal, but it works.
1: Yeah. Um, But I think we've said pretty much everything that we could say about Clerks without really spoiling it. Um, The movie's almost 30 years old. Um, I highly recommend it for people who haven't seen it. It's just... I'd say... It's close to a masterclass of what you could do on a very, very shoestring budget with amateurs.
0: Yeah. It's it's a lot of heart, and that heart is on screen, even though this movie is vile in a lot of cases. It's, oh, yeah. Lots the, of profanity. The, the, there's a couple... Nothing is seen. There's no nudity. There's no violence shown, but it's implied, and it yes. can be a little vile. <laughs> yes. Uh, but other than that, I think it's a lot of fun um i enjoyed it quite a bit i think that kevin smith should have probably tried to push himself a little more later in his career but there's definitely a lot of charm to this movie
1: yeah i think this kind of set the blueprint for his next like five films yes but then he started kind of branching out and by that point everyone's like oh it's a kevin smith movie yes yes <laughs> all right do you want to move on to in the heights yeah
0: let's uh take a quick break and then check out another movie about people working in a convenience store in the heights welcome back now we will be jumping into the feature film adaptation of in the heights which was written by Kiera hughes and lynn manuel miranda directed by john m chu starring anthony ramos as usnavi cory hawkins as benny leslie grace as nina Olga Meredes as Abuela, and several other well-known and less well-known actors like Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Jimmy Smits from the Star Wars prequels. Uh, All right. Yeah.
1: Um, so Ryan has been very excited about this movie for the <laughs> yeah. last couple months. since last year or more, yeah, I pushed year. back. They delayed it. Of, yeah. Yeah, because we were, we were talking about doing it before the lockdown. Yeah, and I think it was slated for a June release last year, maybe August. But in
0: the summer, definitely. But yeah. I'm not sure where. But it was,
1: it was pretty hyped up by WB. They were really banking on it to be the next um, Hamilton. They yeah. wanted it to be their Hamilton.
0: Yes, which is I think a shame because it's not Hamilton. I mean, it's nothing. Not. Nothing else is Hamilton. Hamilton is a is a once in a lifetime thing. And yes. This movie is fantastic, and I like it, although I will not expect anyone else to view that the same way. It is not Hamilton. It just yeah. it not uh, And but, that's pretty
1: apparent from the beginning. Like, yes. I kind of went in thinking, okay, I might be able to compare this to Hamilton for a bit, but I wasn't really expecting it because it's completely different timepieces, mm-hmm. and honestly, they couldn't be more different.
0: Yeah, there's this... Uh, there's, there's that whole thing about how you know good artists borrow and great artists steal. And one thing I've noticed through Lin-Manuel Miranda's musicals is that he likes to borrow very effectively from uh, structures, especially, where the structure of this borrows from a lot of things. And the opening number, if you're familiar with musical theater, is very similar to the opening number of uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Whereas the opening number from Hamilton is very similar to the opening number of Sweeney Todd. And I'm hmm. just bored everyone for a moment. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're very different. This is a much happier piece. It's yeah. much more uplifting. Even though it's about, in a lot of ways, heavier things.
1: I think uh, In the Heights is a little more relatable than Hamilton as well.
0: Yes. It's, it never says when it's set. But it's it basically set from it's like modern day. Yeah but like 2003 to now as if it was yeah. all one time period, because there will never be a blackout of that size again. No, They fixed the grid, at least in New York, but the, the blackout is a huge plot point. Yes. In fact, the title cards are always like three days till blackout, two days till blackout. <laughs>
1: um, so
0: let's do a little plot
1: synopsis. So as Ryan said, this is the film version of the musical in the Heights and it's about a bodega owner and his family and various other characters living in Washington Heights on, what is it, a week before the biggest blackout ever? Or yeah. Or the hottest a, day of the year?
0: It's, same it's thing, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the heat may have caused the blackout, they never really say. And then a few days after that, and then there's a bit of a denouement about a month later. But, okay. uh, yeah, it's about this... Uh, This mixture of like chosen community and actual community and families living in a a poor area in New York City that's largely uh, Latinx people, although it is also largely Jewish. But that area is on the other side of 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 the area, so that there are Jewish references, but no one is depicted there except maybe for one guy. But. Uh, the, but yeah,
1: it's it's like another character study similar to Clerk's, where it's yes. more about the characters than the actual plot.
0: Yes, and there's definitely some similarities. I mean, it feels like you're. It's just that feeling of being stuck where you are and mm-hmm. not knowing how to. You have goals, but they're nebulous, and you're yeah. trying to achieve them, but you don't know how to get there, and you can't do it on. Realizing you can't do it on your own is a yes. huge part of this movie.
1: It's a very relatable topic. Yes.
0: Yes. And the i think probably the biggest song unfortunately is pretty early in the show and it's about the dream you have of winning the lottery and what you would do with that money and it's an awesome song and they they shoot it in an incredible way they shoot it in this Mm -hmm. pool which like that blew my mind i I haven't seen anything like that in like a modern musical ever yeah that's something you did in like the 30s they did it
1: in hail caesar
0: they did as a as a, like a joke, as a nod and, to 30s musicals. Yeah, but they they did it for real, and it looks yeah. awesome. Who knows how much of a disaster it must have been to shoot? But
1: I would love to watch it behind the scenes for this yeah. movie because these the choreography in this movie is unreal. It's, it's really there's weird. so much going on in every musical sequence. Each yeah. each song feels like its own set piece.
0: Absolutely, and that's clearly where the attention went. Uh, The time between musical numbers can drag, especially towards the second half of the movie where there can be 10, 15 minutes between songs and it just drags. It really is a lot less fun. (laughs) See, I kind of thought there was too many musical segments.
1: I felt like I was getting into the plot of the dialogue scenes. And just when I was like getting hooked on what was happening, they burst out into song. Yeah. And I understand that's a big part of musicals, but it, it, I wouldn't say it always catches me off guard, but it always takes me out of it.
0: Yes. There's a kind of on that note, there's a well-known musical called 1776 and there is a like f- almost 40 minute section where there's no songs and it just, you'll be watching it and all of a sudden someone starts singing and you kind of forgot you're watching a musical and it's really jarring. At least for me, it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, but on the opposite end of that spectrum, like Les Mis, that movie yeah. is all singing. That's an opera. It's not a musical. Yes, yes. And I think yeah. I would have liked that better if if um, I knew it was an yeah. opera. But that's yes. a completely different topic.
0: Yes, but with with this, they pre-recorded the the music and it shows the lip yes. syncing can be a little distracting. It's not a hundred percent on all the time, which can mm-hmm. be a little frustrating. But yeah,
1: that I. That is my biggest gripe with In the Heights. The, The singing feels, to me, it feels extremely artificial. It doesn't feel like it's part of the movie and definitely done in post. Yeah.
0: I feel like they were singing along to a pre-recorded track because they were. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times they weren't recording sound. They were yeah. just recording visual and especially in 96,000 when they were in the pool, there there was no way for them to record sound that way anyway. Mm-hmm. So they they probably didn't bother. Yeah. And that can lead to some incongruity, but it does allow for the fantastic dancing and the dancing is awesome. Yeah. Um the the
1: ADR lyrics definitely <laughs> The choreography makes up for the 80-yard
0: yeah. lyrics. That is... I mean, that's John Chu's specialty. I mean, I think yeah. he's mostly well-known right now for Crazy Rich Asians, but yes. he did a lot of concert videos. Uh, he did the second Now You See Me, which is also very... almost dance-heavy, the way people move in those movies.
1: Yeah, he, he's got an eye for choreography.
0: Absolutely. And knowing how to capture it in a way that feels impressive. There's a really good shot towards the end of the first number, where Usnavi is looking out the window, and you see reflected in the window this huge dance sequence, and his face is still in it. It's that's my favorite shot. shot of the movie. It's so cool, and it must have taken it forever to get because it must have clearly been two separate takes grafted together. But yeah, man, it's so cool.
1: Yeah, um, the movie is extremely well shot, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: honestly, I wasn't really expecting it to be as well shot as it was, and it threw me off guard.
0: Yeah, there's some really cool stuff. The the downside is that the the straight dramatic sequences feel kind of dull as a result because the movie or the musical sequences feel almost larger than life. They break physics on occasion.
1: I do agree with that. Yeah.
0: Like the movie
1: for me has a lot of peaks and valleys. The stuff it
0: does well, it does so well
1: that it makes everything else look diminished.
0: Yes. And as much as I love it, there's uh, the Piragua guy song, which is – it's hilarious and it's fun, but it doesn't do anything. And yeah. it's in the show largely to allow for costume changes and to kind of – you need that sort of thing in a in a stage show. It yes. doesn't need to be there. I love it. It's amazing and it's funny, but it does feel like padding. Yes. Although, did you uh, see the end credit scene? I didn't. I didn't know there was one. There's a, there's a, a, a reprise of that song. and. yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Did you recognize the Piragua guy?
1: That was Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? Yes. The writer-director of Hamilton.
0: Did you... uh Writer-star of Hamilton. Writer-star. Yeah. Did you recognize Mr. Softy? I did not. That was Christopher Jackson, who played Washington in Hamilton. He also oh. played he played Benny in the original stage production. Oh, that's cool. Little yeah. Easter eggs there. Yeah. There's a bunch of fun Easter eggs like that. There's... uh When he's on hold for talking to Stanford, the on hold music is a song from Hamilton. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't pick up on that, but I'm glad you did. (laughs) I
0: I live with this music, man. I live Mm with this music all the time. I don't know these songs as well as I know the ones from Hamilton, just because I don't connect to the story quite the same way. Yeah. Uh, It is definitely a more... uh, It's more lived in, I guess, but it's also... The thing I, mean, I like
1: so much about Hamilton is it's kind of educational. Yes. Like you're learning history while being entertained, where this is pure entertainment, yes. and it's a straight drama, so when they're not singing, it's very basic drama stories. Yes. And that can get a little, I don't want to say boring, but it can get a little uninteresting when it's surrounded by all these big, bombastic set pieces.
0: Yes, and... At least one song takes place entirely inside a character's imagination, yeah, abuela's song is definitely within her imagination, and it's handled so well and it's mm-hmm. so powerful, but then it cuts back to these sequences where you know it's it's very dark and very drab, and that's what you see for fifteen minutes before the next song happens, and it drags a little bit, yes, but I do. I do like the movie a lot. I'm, I'm picking yeah. on it a lot because it does so many things so right that the things it doesn't do right really kind of bug me. Yeah, but
1: like, it... I I didn't like the movie nearly as much as you did. <laughs> but like looking at it from the perspective of a filmmaker, it's a extremely very well made movie. It is beautiful. Yes. It's colorful. The choreography is amazing. The music sounds great. But yeah. like you said. That just makes the things it does wrong pop out even more.
0: Yes, which is annoying, but uh, I I definitely recommend the movie, especially if you have HBO Max where it's uh, available to stream right now. Uh, I mean, I saw it in a theater, but I don't necessarily think anyone else needs to, but it is cool to see it on the big screen.
1: I watched it at home and I think watching it in a theater may have made me like it more, but I also think the two and a half hour runtime is a little long for
0: this. Yes. There, there were some moments where I'm like, you know, this could be, this could be shorter. And I, I think that also they, um they, they brought back the original writer who wrote the, what's called the book of a musical, which is the yeah. spoken part, uh, Kiara Hughes. And, she has since, uh, since in the heights came out. She won a Pulitzer for drama for a play that she wrote. That's very, very good. It's about ghosts and like the, this guy who came back from Afghanistan. He's really messed up. It's very well done. But anyway, uh, she adds a lot more seriousness to this show and mm-hmm. tries to make it a bit broader. And I think it does get away from the charm that the stage show had. Uh, they didn't change any. Of, well, they didn't change the songs very much. They didn't yeah. cut a few. They, they modified a few lyrics here and there. Like they, they cut out characters from the show. They added new characters. It's an adaptation. It's yeah. not the stage show on the screen, nor should it be. It's a fantastic adaptation. You saw the stage play, correct? I have not seen it live, but I've seen uh, pro shots of it. Okay. Um,
1: it, are there as many characters in the stage show as the film version?
0: Um, the the lawyer is not in the stage show. Uh there there's more characters in the movie. Because um, okay. well, another minor issue I
1: have with this is there's so many characters mm-hmm. that I feel like each of their plots aren't as fleshed out as they could have been. They, it kind of yeah. just jumps
0: from one to another. That's something that I find interesting too, is they cut out a ton of the Nina Benny stuff. They cut out several whole songs that mm-hmm. they have together. There's a song where she's trying to teach him Spanish, and it's really sweet, and uh, there's a song that Kevin, uh, Nina's father, sings about how useless he feels and he can't provide for her, mm-hmm. and there's all this stuff that I think would make their story stronger. Also, um, Nina's mother is in the sh- in the show, uh, and a lot of what she does gets combined with uh, Grandma Claudia, and okay. that it makes her character stronger, which is cool. But it does weaken Nina and Benny a little bit, and that's kind of a shame. Yeah. All that being said, um, I think it's still very powerful, still very much worth watching. And I think it's relevant, too. Uh, yeah, Some of the new stuff they add, like with Dreamers, is a little heavy-handed, but I think it might need to be. Yeah, so... with
1: movies, they, I think studios like to have stuff be a little... Especially when dealing with themes of movies, especially drama. They like to force-feed the themes down the viewer's throat.
0: For better or worse. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But.
1: I personally don't like it. I can think for myself, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of movie viewers out there who are like, I don't get it. What, no. what happened?
0: It, it's uh, definitely worth seeing for the set pieces alone. Agreed. The, there's some really awesome stuff done with several of the musical numbers. Uh, there's one of them where they're basically dancing on the, the side of a building, which is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: yeah. It, the set pieces for me are the highlight of the movie and it's worth watching just for those.
0: Yes. And then every time... There's a couple of songs where it cuts back down to being almost like a dialogue scene that's sung. And that's not always how... Like This show is a show where people do talk. It's not yeah. all singing all the time. And it feels a little weird where all of a sudden these characters who have only ever spoken to each other are now singing to each other. Yes. And... As much as I love the song Champagne, I feel like it could have been dialogue. Although I say that now, I'm thinking about Rent, where they did a similar thing and they cut out the linchpin of the show because the two characters singing felt weird. Uh, I'm throwing around so many musical references that I'm not sure you follow, and I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: you're you're losing me, Ryan.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a musical version of Rent, and they cut out possibly the linchpin of the show, because it was the only time in the movie where the two main characters actually sang at each other as okay. opposed to spoke. And that was just like a problem with the ground up script that they had built. Yeah. So it was it was a, this fix that they had made for a problem that they created that made things worse. So yeah. basically what I'm getting at is <laughs> you could try to do a similar thing here, but if you try to solve a problem that you created by solve, by creating a bigger problem, it's not great.
1: Yeah, but with the rent situation, that seems like, like you said, the linchpin, that's the reason to see the show. Yeah. Why would you cut that?
0: Yes, and this movie definitely owes a lot to rent, but it's also very much its own thing. It's mm-hmm. not Hamilton, though there is some rapping in this. There's not as much as there is in Hamilton. A lot of it is uh, is Latin music.
1: Yeah, I definitely noticed that right away, that it was yeah. not going to be the same beast as Hamilton.
0: Yes, and nothing will again. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. There's no way he's going to top that. And no, and he doesn't need to. Like, Hamilton is his magnum opus. Yeah, I would be happy to eat those words if something else comes along that he writes that's even better, but mm-hmm. I'm not holding my breath. And that, I'm okay with that. Hamilton's fen- is phenomenal, and I love yes. it. Uh, the, the problem is that something that's similar to it but not quite the same can often feel very lacking.
1: Yes, uh, especially with same writer, like people yes. are going in expecting another Hamilton.
0: Yes, and he wrote this years before. He wrote this when he was, he, I think, he started writing this when he was like nineteen. Oh and, wow! Uh, you know, musicals take forever to write, and you have to focus group them, and you have all this stuff going on, and it, it just over that time it changed, and then since then, the stuff it's talking about has changed, so adaptation was required. But I don't know if it's... I think it's more a problem of the way the world changes so quickly. Yeah. I mean, this came out on Broadway in 2007, I think. And the world of 2007 and the world of now are very different. In fact, there's even a... Um, in the original show, they changed it to Tiger Woods, but there's a Trump reference in one of the songs.
1: Yes. That's... <laughs> oh, we should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, didn't they... I was reading an article, but I may have just misinterpreted it because I read it before I watched it, that it was talking about the $96,000, and yeah. I don't know, my brain connected that, like, they shot it with Trump, and then they spent that much money to edit him out. Am I wrong on that? <laughs> That's not, yeah, but <laughs> yeah.
0: They, had, they had already, by that point, uh, changed the lyric to Tiger Woods. Okay. Um, of course, since then, he had apparently had some nasty car accidents, so that, that feels yeah. weird, but... But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: before saying this, I thought he was in the movie and then everything no, went down.
0: No, Uh no, he was, he was not, I, I, yeah. He, okay. he, I'm, I'm not sure he even knows he's referenced and that he probably doesn't care. And yeah. uh, he's referenced as a kind of a joke. Like he's this weird dude and he'll be my caddy. I'm like, well, yeah, we know how strong he is. Why would you want him to carry things for you? Uh, <laughs> political. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um,
1: any final words to wrap up um, your review i know th- this yeah. was mainly your review but my, I'm just gushing <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah i'm sorry i couldn't let you get a word in edgewise. i'm sorry about no, that no it's it's fine excited. i uh...
1: i like when you get excited <laughs> about movies normally we watch the bullshit i want to watch so it, it's a nice change of pace
0: yeah but i usually you know i usually find myself enjoying the stuff you pick out so it's yeah. fine um, and it's uh yeah i think that my my final say is that I really like this. I think it's definitely worth watching, but know that it's it's not Hamilton and it's not perfect. There's some issues, but I think emotionally it's very powerful. I definitely cried in the theater watching this a couple of times. <laughs> um, but I can also like, I think just, Something about musicals can really kind of impact me. That like it allows me to feel feelings I don't always feel <laughs> in yeah. real
1: life. You're a very musical uh, guy. You you play yeah, music. Don't I you?
0: do play music. Yeah. I lo- I think music gets to my emotional core better than most things. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I definitely I'm the target audience for this sort of thing. Even though yeah. Latin music is not really my scene, I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. there's a cameo from like some huge Latin star that I don't even know and recognize. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, you uh, what, are, what, are your thought, what are your final um, thoughts, Rob?
1: I definitely didn't like it as much as you, but I recognize that it's a very well-made movie. It's just not, for me, it's not up my alley. Mm. And, like, the plot I thought was good, but I, I think it would have been better as a hour, 50-minute drama. <laughs> yeah. But the, the music was good. It's not something I think I would ever listen to again. And if I had to pick one of these two movies to recommend, I would pick Clerks
0: that's totally fair i think for being what it's trying to be clerks is better in that regard yeah it knows what it's trying to be and it it hits that mark whereas i think uh in the heights overshoots in a couple places and it can get get a little hairy uh it's trying to do a lot of things and
1: in uh, the heights is it's clearly very studio driven mm -hmm. and you know me i don't really like studio films (laughs) but no it's it's a very well-made movie and like i have some issues with it but it's nothing that you didn't touch on so they're they're both worth both films we discussed tonight are worth watching
0: they are both right now streaming on hbo max which is you know a weird breadth of coverage (laughs) but it certainly made made a Made watching easy. This, yes, made viewing this um, this week quite simple, quite yes, easy.
1: Yes. Um, so for next week, we're still tossing around ideas. But right now, I think we've both agreed on doing Bo Burnham's new special called Inside that he shot in his apartment during quarantine. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to pair it with yet, but stay tuned. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe
0: by the time you hear this, we won't have done it. Yeah, uh, we did do with Hamilton. We did cover a live show, a pro shot show. We've never done anything stand up related, so yes, this uh, it's not quite real stand up because it is one guy alone in his apartment, but it's still I find that incredibly intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's so, and he's
1: a very funny guy too. So oh yeah, I'm excited to see what he came up with in his time alone. Yeah,
0: I didn't really know who he was until I saw him in, uh, in promising young woman a few months ago and i'm looking forward to seeing what he does with this stuff
1: yeah um he got big on youtube when i was in middle school so he's been around for most of my life
0: well that should be a uh if we end up going with that yeah (laughs) who knows (laughs) anything could change within a week yeah absolutely and it has a couple times we definitely had to edit out (laughs) some for sure time discussions but uh, yeah, if this is what we do, I am looking forward to checking it out.
1: All right. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Crossroads.
0: Crossroads podcast is recorded and produced by rob cole and ryan hall the crossroads theme was written and recorded by caleb door this week's featured music is take the a-train composed by billy strayhorn and performed by maynard ferguson and his orchestra the, the hitman's wife's bodyguard just even though I, I can tell it's real it looks made up to me and I just <laughs> it's such really
1: a stupid good. title yeah it, and selma hayek is doing like a really bad spanish accent
0: she's mexican she comes like that, that comes with a kit when you hire her is her mexican yeah. accent
1: yeah but it's like over enunciated and like you can just tell <sighs> well that's a shame yeah it's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could just rag on a movie without even watching it
0: <laughs> maybe if it is not uh streaming anywhere i'm not going to a theater to see that me neither so, probably not i definitely have that problem where i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do this for a podcast try even like spend the time to watch it yeah and i've done a couple of things where i like really watch a movie and enjoy it but mm-hmm. i don't always have the time anymore
1: <laughs> i know with two movies a week plus work
0: plus yeah. extracurriculars trying to do other stuff yeah trying to get outside now that it's nice out. oh my god i know and it's not locked down i feel bad about it like last year i didn't feel bad <laughs> because it was locked down like oh yep. whatever but now that that's over i'm like i, I need to get outside I I need to see people my body's like get the sunshine <laughs> that vitamin d it helps oh yeah